C3, Connecting Coaches Cognition, Coaching with Courtney and Christensen. As a busy coach, you spend all day refueling, revamping, and reflecting with educators. Now is the time to stop and recharge your batteries with some much-needed coaching for the coach. Welcome back to another episode of C3. I'm Courtney Groskin, and I'm still here with Violet Christensen. And we're at a distance of exactly 10.7 miles. <laughs> Violet, what's new in your world? Uh, there's a lot going on in my world. It's been um, a busy break and a busy last month of um, the educational realm, but I think the universe has decided to tell me I need to slow down. Uh, the day after Thanksgiving, I took a little tumble and broke my leg. And so I am um, adapting to crutches and having my small children help me out and my husband. And they're wonderful. And we're just making a new plan of action for this this coming week and um, coming weeks until we get to break. And um, I'm just trying to be intentional of thinking I need to take a pause. Yeah. Talk about a major life pause. That's like uh, the universe really hitting the pause button or practically the stop button for you. Pretty much. And I've always been a little go, go, go. So um, I've had more than one of my principals and friends say, maybe this is the world telling you that you've got to, you've got to do things a little differently and just stop and breathe more and slow down. So um, that's kind of the big excitement in my world right now is just adaptation and um, figuring out how to make things work in a new normal. But um, we're doing the best we can. How are you doing? What's going on in your world, Courtney? Just so thankful to really unplug and take time for myself over break. Um, We have about three weeks uh, till we have our next break. So really just focusing on how to support my educators while gearing up for the holidays and everything that comes um, with going into the new year. That's really exciting. It's nice that you can just take a moment, shut the laptop, and actually savor your time at home. Yeah, I mean, it was really much needed. I did not do um, any work other than just responding to some educators that needed things over break, but I put all my projects on hold and figured I could come back stronger and more present if I just took a few days for myself. Well, you look like your batteries are more charged, so it's it's clearly working. (laughs) Thank you. Well, here we are. We made it to December of 2020. What a year it's been. I love the meme that's been going around and how no one was right when they said where they thought they would be in 10 years. I definitely did not see myself in the middle of a pandemic working remotely. It has certainly been a challenging year in many ways, and we couldn't think of a better way to leave 2020 than by talking about self-care. Our educators are being pushed to the max, and self-care is a form of survival at this point. Self-care has been a common thread that has come up in many of our conversations that we've had on C3. Many of the educators have had to redefine what self-care looks like to them. Violet, what does your current self-care routine look like? Well, it's adapting as we were talking about, but um, I think I have some constants I always go back to when I need some self-care. My favorite is I talk to my best friend on my way to work or in the morning every day, and it really helps me my mind in a good space and just let anything that has gone on before in that week go and just head into a new day at work trying to have a clear mindset. Um, Another constant for me that I like to do is have small reminder notes with quotes. Um, So one that I've really tried to hold on to this year is you can do anything, but not everything. 
I've heard a lot of educators that that has really resonated with that we can't do everything well. So at least if we can do something really well, that's amazing, right? Um, and my my favorite one recently that I've just developed with my daughters that I tend to speak to you all about is um, I have they've started having sleepovers on Friday nights. So they snuggle up together and they're able to watch one of their their shows while they fall asleep. And then in the morning, they get up and they actually do that on their own again. And I hear them from downstairs and wake up, but I get about 30 minutes, maybe 45 of uninterrupted quiet time for me. And that is just such a precious gift that even if I'm just laying there doing nothing, it feels like just, just a moment of quiet. I can hear them happy and I get to just have one second. So that's, those are some of my go-tos right now and just trying to build more as we go all the time. Um, But tell me, Courtney, what are you doing for self-care in this moment? Well, I don't know about anyone else, but I've been doing grocery pickup. And I think the bananas they've been giving me are always on the verge of, you know, being (laughs) too old. So I find myself baking banana bread um, an awful lot. And I think really just the act of baking and taking the time to measure and be precise and only concentrate on that act of baking and not, you know, multitasking because you don't want to mix up the recipe has been really helpful. Um, I love taking pickles for walks. We get up every morning. It's been super cold here, but she will not let me continue on my day until we've had our morning walk together. So I put her a little sweater on her and I bundle up myself and head on out. And it's just, you know, gives me about a half hour just to really settle into my morning and kind of take those deep breaths before I hit the ground running. And I've been watching uh, the organizing show Home Edit, and I've literally, I think, organized every nook and cranny of my house. And we'll probably do another iteration of it in the coming weeks because I just find organizing extremely relaxing. So some of those things are how I take care of myself. It's amazing how you're being, you're, you're engaging in self-care, but also being slightly productive in certain ways. The banana bread makes other people happy. You're making pickles happy in the morning. And then you also got a clean house. So that's an awesome way to make sure you're incorporating your self-care. Yeah. Set yourself up for success, right? (laughs) Absolutely. I have also been a little obsessed with the home edit, but has not made it as far as you with my broken leg, but I'm going to keep working. We're going to keep working. There you go. Something we have in common and something I will be doing more of in the near future. So, um, you know, it's just always fun to hear what people do for their self-care. And we had the opportunity to ask the same question to previous guests of C3. So let's take a moment to learn about how some of our favorite educators from around the world engage in self-care. It is fascinating to see the variety of ways people work at meeting their own needs. Let's hear what our guests' favorite ways to engage in self-care are or as Christian von Neuerberg states it as the way that they find their joy. Let's listen in to hear more from him now. Um, so our question is, what is your favorite form of self-care or way to engage in finding your joy? Um, we would love a personal example from your life. I've heard you speak about this in a couple of your webinars um, of things you like to do to take your mind off, but is it taking a long shower at the end of the day or you get stressed to make banana bread? I know Courtney likes doing that sometimes. So what is your your way of finding joy or self-care? Well, first of all, I love banana bread. So a new one might be dropping by to Courtney's for some banana bread. Um, but um, uh, I've, um, you know, I think um, I've become really good at this and I wasn't good at it before. Um there was a time when I didn't really look uh, give a lot of time for self-care. And 
it got to a situation where I really, you know, didn't even want to get out of bed uh, in the morning at one point. And that's when I did a career shift. I made a complete change in career. Um, and then, uh, but the good news is that by being a coach, that's what convinced me that I needed to look after myself to be of better service to others. So uh, I, I think now I'm, maybe I'm getting too good at it, <laughs> Violet, so I'm a little bit worried. So I can give you lots of examples, but I'll give you two or three. So one, which is very easy for me, and I do it intentionally, it only takes a few minutes. Um, in my house in England, I've got a lovely garden, and it's a real treat for me in between calls or I'm going through emails or whatever. I'll put in some time when I can just – I kind of reward myself. So I've gotten through 20 emails or something. I'll say when I get to that point, I'm going to just go out into the garden, and I don't take anything with me. Um, I just look at the plants. I've got some flowers out there. I kind of have a look, and I'm. I, it's – maybe five minutes, sometimes it's 10 minutes, but it really feels like a luxury. So that's one thing I do. The other thing I do, which is a bit more indulgent, is um, I love motorcycling. So I've got a, a Harley Davidson motorcycle, my dream bike, which I only bought finally about a year ago. Uh, and I've been dreaming about it since I was 16. Because uh, I don't know if anybody else watched these programs that I watched California Highway Patrol, Chips, it was called, the original Chips TV series. And uh, it was that kind of a Harley. Anyway, um, so that's a real treat for me. And so just having it parked in the garage is already uh, wonderful. So sometimes I just pop in and have a look at that. Other times I'll, I'll take a weekend out where I can just ride somewhere. And recently I've ridden over to France, for example, from England. So it's um, and and for me, uh, kind of knowing myself, I'm I tend towards introversion. So I I kind of recharge my batteries by being on my own. So that time on a motorcycle is great because you're on your own. You've got a helmet on your head. So I guess the the thing with self care is knowing what it is I like. So it's very difficult to prescribe this to others. There's no prescription. I don't think it's, but it's each of us learning for ourselves, what do I get joy from? What do I really enjoy? It doesn't have to be a huge thing, but what are the little things that, that I like to do? And I think the thing that may need to be consistent is that we're intentional about it. And it's not, oh, suddenly I'm in the garden. It's I'm going to make time to go and sit in the garden for however long, or I'm going to block out. Uh, if I may just add something else, I'm not really good with these short uh, answers, but um, the other concept that I've I've has made a difference for me is I've built in this concept of slack. I just think how much slack do I have in my life at any given time? And I I try to notice that. And there's times when I have slack and you know the weekends are clear and I can but there's times when I notice I look in my calendar and I notice gosh there's there's no breaks in here and and being noticing it and then putting something in so it might pre-covid it was something like the movies cinema for me i would just stick that in the middle let's say this looks like there's 15 days without a break or something i'd stick it in saturday i'm gonna go to the movies you know relatively it's a short period of time but it really allows you to, it allows me anyway to just kind of 
close off from everything else. So I think that's been helpful for me is just noticing how much slack is there in my next however long. And if it's there, appreciating it. And if it's not there, kind of forcing it in uh, because I think we all need those breaks. And especially during end of year, um, you know, wrapping things up, end of semesters, these are times when we really need to make sure that we don't get overwhelmed and uh, and just noticing and putting in little things. And, you know, for me, it's going into the garden. For others, it may be meeting people to have a coffee or, but those things are really important to factor in and be intentional about, I think. I love your idea of how much slack do you have. This is something that I have personally wrestled with. And Courtney has been coaching me since the start of C3 about self-care and balance from home to work life. And I, I love that small idea of just how much slack do I have as a question to check yourself. That's huge. Yeah. And, you know, now nowadays I can, I've become, it's just bringing it to awareness, isn't it? Because now when I look at my, uh, my calendar, you know, I've got a lovely uh, calendar here. I can sometimes see when it just suddenly looks all blocked out. And then that's a little flag for me to say, okay, that's looking. And you can try and power through it, which used to be my previous strategy of saying, well, I'll, I'll just get through it. But, you know, for me, energy, you know, um, we only have a certain amount of energy. And, uh, you know, our the, the analogy of boun a bouncing ball is the bounce can get less and less and less unless we take care. You know, we really have to make sure that there's enough bounce. <laughs> so taking breaks, um, looking at uh, um, how much slack we have and uh, accepting that I, I think there's an acceptance part of, you know, sometimes it is going to be busy and that's what being a teacher is about. That's what being a coach is about. There's going to be busy periods but not letting it become relentless because again, I think we have limited energy and, and we need to be of service to others and to be of service, we need to be well, just coming back to that idea. So I hope that was helpful. Christian shared so many valuable insights into his self-care, his idea that we need to make sure to be well in order to be of service to others is so vital in this time. We need to remember to put our oxygen masks on first and then look to others. Now let's get the principal perspective from Betsy Ball. How I find my joy is to take my dog on a nice long walk and then come back and get a great book and a big bowl of popcorn. Now let's shift to hear from the incredible mom as well as instructional wizard, Casey Luker. I love this question, ladies. Um, I think that the, the favorite form of self-care and how to engage in finding our joy is is so imperative right now and in life in general. But for me, I think finding the time of day in which I could engage in self-care was probably the most important. When I wasn't more intentional about that, I think I would try to squeeze it in and it was always the first thing to be kind of thrown to the side. Um, and just, you know, I used to engage before I had kids, I was able to do it in the afternoon, like after work, unwind and go for a long run or a hike. And that just couldn't happen anymore. And so I right now found that if I wake up earlier, yes, I get less sleep, but I feel like 
it just helps set my my tone in my day to get about a 30 minute workout in nothing extreme. Um, I'm lucky enough to have some equipment down in my basement so I can wake up early and go downstairs and 30 minutes kind of get my sweat on whatever. And then follow that up with about 10 minutes of um, a guided meditation through an app that um, just kind of helps me take a deep breath center. And for me, uh, that just sets the tone for the entire day and makes me more easily tap into kind of a deep breath when it's super stressful or, um, kind of to move my body if I'm, I'm feeling kind of um, agitated or anxious or something like that. So um, yeah, that's probably for me the best way to, you know, that self-care um, is just that time in the morning, that 40 minutes for me um, in the morning, most of the time, just me, unless a kid comes down. <laughs> but um, yeah, I love this question. And I think for me, just tapping into that time of day that I could engage in self-care was probably the most important piece of kind of creating that routine and establishing self-care on a regular basis. Thanks, ladies. It's great to hear the intentional ways Casey prioritizes self-care with additional demands added to her life like children. I know physical exercise and meditation are huge for so many people. I know many use Calm or the 10% app to help them. Others like to take a more low-key self-care route. Next up is Carolee with her favorite self-care style. Hello, C3 friends. This is Carolee Hayes. Thanks for taking on the topic of self-care for the month of December. It gets harder and harder in these days of COVID. I don't have any magic bullets to share, but I can tell you what I enjoy. My favorite thing is sitting in a comfy chair with my little dog Buddy curled up against me and a good book to read. The other strange thing I do is I really like to have order in my life. And so cleaning out a drawer, cleaning out a closet, taking care of some photos that have stacked up. Those are things that help me to relax and feel like the world is not as chaotic. What I'm hearing is maybe having a dog is the key to self-care. <laughs> I'm learning that maybe this is what I'm lacking in the self-care department, Courtney. I don't have a dog. I mean, Pickles is like my therapy dog in many ways, but she seriously needs another dog to be her emotional support dog with all of her anxiety issues. So you might want to double think that. <laughs> Hi all, this is John Crownapple, co-author of the book Belonging Through a Culture of Dignity. So what is my favorite form of self-care or way to engage in finding my joy? Well, two specific things come to mind. Uh, the first is exercise. While living over the past eight months through this pandemic, it's become very clear to me that making sure that I get time for my daily workout is actually a gift that I give to myself that I deserve. I've always had clarity on the benefit of exercise to my physical wellness, but where I've gained greater clarity recently is the relationship of exercise to other dimensions of my wellness, most of all my mental and my emotional well-being. And it's been hard to keep up over the past mate eight months, honestly. My partner and I belong to a great gym and she and I enjoy times when we can work out together. But when the gym closed uh, during COVID-19, our motivation waned, uh, even though the gym published daily workouts to do at home. And that's when I noticed my emotional and mental wellness taking a hit. Since then, my self-talk has kind of been along the lines of, go get dressed, get this in, you deserve this. 
So giving myself the gift of physical, mental, and emotional wellness through daily exercise has been the most critical form of self-care for me over the past eight months. Now, the other form that comes to mind is cooking. I've always loved to cook, uh, but finding time to really do everything from prepping to cooking to the presentation has always been a struggle. But over the past eight months, I've found myself with more time to spend in the kitchen. And I really find joy in cooking for other people. It feels like, well, it feels like love. Besides spending more time cooking uh, cool things, I've been finding a lot of joy in the plating aesthetics, specifically garnishes. It's kind of a running joke now in my family about how fancy the meals look. Uh, but I love it. I love sharing it with them. Not only the healthy meals, but beautiful, artfully presented meals. Hello, C3ers. This is Susanna Evans at Hygiene Elementary. And thank you so much for asking me about how I do self-care. And the very honest answer is that I am absolutely terrible at it. <laughs> like almost every teacher I know, we are such giving, hardworking humans, and we often put ourselves on the back burner. However, I am really trying, really trying to fill my own cup before I pour into others. And some of the ways I practice self-care when I am being good about it is taking long walks or hikes. That is definitely my favorite. Um, I find so much joy in reading as well fiction, nothing educational, at at least for self-care purposes. I am always reading educational for work purposes, but at the end of the long, long day, just reading a fiction book is one of my favorite things to do. I'm not a baker, so banana bread has not been my go-to during this COVID season or when I'm stressed, maybe eating banana bread. Anyway, I hope all of you are hanging in there and staying safe and having the best year you can possibly have in this stinky situation and trying to keep in mind that although it is one of the most difficult years we may have as educators and students, it might also be one of the most exciting in the end. Take care, everyone. Now let's hear what Sarah Thomas has to say about self-care. I would say that I am very routine driven, very routine oriented. Um, and every morning I try to start, start it off. Well, every morning except Friday starts off pretty much the same way where I get up. Um, I have a spin bike downstairs. So I do like a spinning workout. Uh, after that, I will take the the items out of the dishwasher <laughs> while I'm making my coffee then do a brief meditation, um, then drink the coffee and do my to-do list. And uh, then, you know, that's that's pretty much the beginning of my morning just about every day. I love how you have a mixture of, of calming and also productivity in there. Got a little bit of <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Try to switch it up, you know. <laughs> Keep your mind sane in both ways, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Another popular way to ground yourself in finding your joy is to connect with nature. Here's Julie Reed with more on this. Where I grew up, there were a lot of streams and lakes and waterfalls and water all around. And I find that being by water or floating on water has always helped soothe my soul. Even if I can't get out to 
St. Vrain Creek or Boulder Creek or Lake McIntosh or Union Reservoir or someplace like that. Sometimes even just sitting with my eyes closed and an app playing the sound of waves or water can help calm me down and help me quiet my thoughts and refocus on what I need to do next. For some of us, self-care or self-compassion comes easily. And for others, as we have heard throughout this episode, it is an ongoing struggle or journey towards better balance. Now let's hear more around this from David Baker, a coordinator for professional development in St. Brain. So when I think of, of self-care, and it's especially important right now in, in, the, in the time of COVID and also as we go into the winter months and the, and the holidays and, and changes with family, Self-care as a teacher and a coach really takes on some new elements. And one of the things that, that, that comes most deeply into, into my thinking right now is, is that element from cognitive coaching that goes back to, and I'm here Carolee every time when I say this, about know your intent and choose a congruent behavior. And I think so often as professionals, we try and do everything and we have to, you know, as a master teacher, I have to do everything masterfully. And I'm a first year teacher again, as we learn to do things digitally and we're learning to do things. And when my intent is to allow myself to relax, to, to really care for myself, I need to choose behaviors that are going to do that. If that means I need to be outside and exercise, then I really need to engage in that and not try and drag my agenda that ha- hangs out in my head with me. And And I know that one of the things that is so exhausting, I was talking to uh, a group of teachers in, in a class I was teaching the other night about executive functioning. And and. And the role that executive functioning plays for us right now, and, and everybody's saying, I'm just exhausted. I'm overwhelmed. This is hard. And, and it, it, it's amazing to us that we, we, we know what, that this work is hard, and we know it's deliberate, but it's different. And I was talking with Diane Lauer the other day, and, and she and I were talking about executive functioning, and this helped bring it all back together. And, and that when when we're worried about the unknown, that's draining. When we worry about other people's unknowns, that's draining. When we are dealing with personal fear, societal fear, unrest, unsettledness, all those disconnections that we're feeling on multiple ways right now, it affects our ability to have our brains disconnect and rejuvenate. And so when you think about how dramatic the 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 needs are for us right now to have to to create normal to create routines to create predictable out of things that are unpredictable that's really hard and that's where that that drain from the executive functioning we're we're putting so much energy into doing that it's really hard for us to separate because we never turn off that part inside our head saying how do we refine it and 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 that so when I think about self-care, it's are there ways that I can allow myself to turn things off and, and, and being really deliberate and that if I am going to not engage in social media for a while because I have to give myself a break because that gets overwhelming, that I hold myself to that and I give myself permission not to check it, that 
you know, as I did right before we started talking, when you lean back on the couch and just take some deep breaths, just allow your mind to quiet. I think that that, that self-care can take a lot of different ways, but one of the biggest things is that the idea of self-compassion, that we acknowledge that it's hard, that we give ourselves permission to, to, to do things the best we can, not the best that we have ever done them. And, and then we re, we talk to our friends, we rely on each other, and, and we try and do this with the people that are most important to us. And, and, the, and I will say as a coach, when you're coaching, that can also be an act of self-care because it's a chance to truly allow the voices and the pressures to quiet as you focus on what another person really needs in their thinking. And that opportunity to, to listen, to reflect, to give back when you're not, when it's not about what's going on in your head, but when it's what's going on in their head and you can't, don't hear all those fears and you don't have to internalize it. I think that that can also be an act of amazing self-care. It is so important how he acknowledged how self-care in this time can be a struggle. I know I've spoken to this for well over a year on this podcast and tried to be radically transparent in many ways. And it's not always easy. And it's something that listeners tend to check in with me on the regular. I have teachers be like, well, how are you doing with that now? Um, I think self-care is a bit of a teeter-totter for me and many other people. And we all have moments where we feel like we can't even spell the word self-care and times when we feel like we've gotten it all down and we're finding our Zen groove regularly. Um, I think we all just have to remember that we have to be okay with the best we can give each day. Lastly, let's hear from one of the busiest people we know and about how she prioritizes her quiet moments. Hi, I'm Diane Lauer, Assistant Superintendent of Party Programs and Academic Support in the St. Rain Valley Schools. One thing that has helped kept me a little bit sane throughout this time is every morning, whatever I'm doing, I try to put down my emails or whatever chore I'm trying to do before I zip out for the day and I make time to watch the morning sunrise. I take some deep breaths. I watch the sun rise through the clouds. I enjoy the pink rays. I watch the light dance across the eastern morning skies and I just feel this sense of calm and splendor and the sense that there's just a world out there bigger than me and everything else that's consuming my day. So it was kind of interesting that I actually found a, a kind of blog came through my, my, my stream that there's actually some science, um, to watching the sunrise every morning. In fact, um, research tells us that the morning, the blue light that's outside gives us a natural energy boost. It's composed of blue light, which actually turns off melatonin production and turns on wakefulness. I didn't know that. Um, watching the sunrise in the morning, it helps your body reset your circadian clock for the day, priming you for efficiency and focus. And it's really good for your metabolism and your digestive origins. Who knew? Um, but getting that early light exposure is correlated to lowering your body mass index, which is pretty awesome. So a little tip for self-care, 
take your time, whether you start stretching or enjoy your morning coffee or just that deep breath, look for the morning sunrise and enjoy in a little bit of self-care. As we head into 2021, I have a feeling that the need for self-care will be more present than ever. What will your form of self-care or finding your joy be as you move into the new year? Just take a deep breath and realize that listening to C3 is a form of self-care that you already do. Tweet us at C3 Coaches and let us know how you will practice self-care in 2021. Thanks for listening. C3, connecting, coaches, cognition. Whose thinking will you mediate today?